Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. First off, congratulations, Erica Ender, who wrote the song Despacito, which now has over 7 billion views on YouTube. I'm re-releasing this episode, Erica. We did it in October of 2017, but I wanted to, again, release this to celebrate your recent Grammy nomination for Best Song of the Year for Despacito, which you wrote with Luis Fonsi. During the episode, I asked her, how did you do it? I wanted to learn about the process of being essentially the most listened to songwriter in history with 7 billion views. Like, it's like the entire world listened to this song. There are so many great takeaways from our conversation. But one of my favorites is have an abundance of mentality. She said, people are always asking me, do you feel pressure? What are you going to do next? And I say, you know what? This is such a gift. I'm just focusing on whatever is good and being grateful and doing the best that I can in everything that I do. I'm not putting any pressure on myself because I think doing that is seeing life from the ego eyes. I'm not thinking I'm going to top this. I'm just going to do quality work, she said. I'm trying to evolve. So this interview is going to teach you about collaboration, discovering inspiration, and your own inner talent, forgetting about the outcome, believing in your gift, and so much more, including my special question that I ask Erica towards the beginning. I hope you enjoy I give you Erica Ender, singer, songwriter, philanthropist, Latin Grammy winner, Hall of Fame inductee, and now Grammy nominee for Best Song of the Year. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Choose Yourself Network. Today on the James Altucher Show. Suddenly the song was number one the first day. I, the day of the release, it was number one in 14 countries. Let's say I want to write a song that gets 4 billion views. Mm-hmm. What should my first few steps be? You know what? I don't think about the numbers. The main thing is for you to connect with the world. The more I travel, the more I understand the human being. Mm-hmm. I see life with the eyes of a child. Humans start to complicate things like, let's study the song, what happened? And they did this and that. It was so organic. It came out so easily. I mean, everyone has their own talent. And my talent is expressing it through writing songs and from singing them, you know? So excited to have Erica Ender with me. Before I actually say what she does, just in case you don't know her name. Hello, Erica. Hello. I've already asked you on a date and potentially asked you to marry me at the beginning of this podcast. But that's not the reason you're on. We're the... talking serious. We got to say you're carrying a... You're carrying yeah, I'm carrying a, a, an engagement ring an on me. engagement ring. But the reason you're on is you've written the most popular song in YouTube history, Despacito. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four billion, almost four billion downloads. Crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It was the... Was it the first to hit 1 billion downloads ever? Or the first to hit 2 billion downloads? No, I think 3 billion, right? First to hit 3 billion downloads. Yeah, and I think that we've done it uh, the fastest. That's what I heard. Right. You, I think it took you like oh, 97 days to hit a billion. I don't know how long it took to hit 3 billion. 
I, I don't really know, you know, I haven't been, you know, checking the numbers. I'm just letting everything flow and I'm just happy every every time I hear a, a good new, you know. And, and that, that's great to celebrate the success because you've already been for many years super successful. You, you recently won a, a Latin Grammy. You have many hits all over the place. You've written for, what, 160 different songwriters. You're in every market in the world. Uh, you're, you're, you're already a success, but, um, and before we get to the kind of arc of your career, I am just insanely curious to hit almost 4 billion YouTube downloads. Like just what that no one's ever done that in the history of anything, like to have 4 billion or not people, but billions of people listen to it's your music. Planet almost. Yeah. yeah, yeah, half the planet yeah. has heard some a work of art you've created. Mm -hmm. Like, how has your life changed, both personally and I have to say, even financially, from from this significant <laughs> thing? It's like well, a world first, history thing. I gotta say that I cannot take the whole credit because it's a, a dream team. Sure. Uh, first, I wrote the song with uh, Luis Fonsi, which is my dear friend, and um, he came to you with his he um, came the initial me. refrain. Yeah, he came to me with the idea that he had. Normally, when you sit down to write a song with with a co-writer, you come with an idea and you start developing that idea. In that case, in that day, which was September fifteenth, two thousand fifteen, when we created the song. He calls me like, Erica, do you want to pass by? I want to start writing for my new material, my new CD. So I went to his house. We started chatting and then uh, we went to his home studio and he tells me, you know what? I have this idea since this morning and he sings to me with the guitar. Despacito, vamos a hacerlo en una playa en Puerto Rico. And then I answered, hasta que la sola griten hay bendito. What does it mean? <laughs> until the... Until the um, the waves uh, cry, uh, um, shuts out, Ay uh, bendito. That's a saying in Puerto Rico. Did it just like hit oh you? Oh my God. No, it's like, oh my oh. God. Something like that. And then um, he started laughing and me too. And then I said, I love it. I love it. Let's write a song about how to seduce a woman or a man. Um, I mean, if, if, if um, it's the case. And uh, why don't we just uh, try to do it in a very classy way? But with what's going on out there, because he, he used to be a, a balladist, right? He used to sing a lot of ballads and pop music. And right now, all of um, the, the Latin music is mainly urban, urban. Uh, and it's mixed with pop and other rhythms, but mainly urban. And that seems so, to be the new pop music, actually, is a mixture exactly. of that uh, Latin sound with urban. Exactly. And, and I think, it, not that you were in the right place at the right time, but when you mix kind of just his his Latin style with urban, and then you have Daddy Yankee doing kind of reggaeton or almost mm -hmm, rap, mm -hmm. uh, I think it it made the song something unique. There are a lot of artists collaborating nowadays. Like everyone, everybody's doing that in the Latin market. So it was Fonsi's idea to call uh, Daddy Yankee. Then Daddy Yankee added the rap and the the post chorus, which is pasito pasito, which mm. is genius, right? Yeah. And um, I don't know, the very first day that the song came out, which was uh, January, was January 17th? No, 13th. January 13th? Yeah, a Friday 13th. Can you imagine? Bad luck. It was no good luck. <laughs> very good luck. Um, it uh, maybe I mean, in the maybe in South America because it's the reverse of here. No, 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 no. It's the same. Oh, okay. But I'm telling you, for me, it was good luck. Yes. I don't believe in those things. I'm not superstitious I don't at all. I, I believe in miracles and in and a big energy and in good vibes and everything. So the thing is that suddenly the song was number one the first day, I, the day of the release. It was number one in fourteen countries. 
Wow. And then uh, at Why the end do you of the think? day, like just it just connected with the world. I don't know. I the, don't have an explanation. I I I see life with the eyes of a child. So so I the mean, words connect. You think or the or everything combined? I think everything combined. When it, I think that planets align as well. I mean, there's a story behind this, Pasito, as you were saying. I have a big story. Fonsi has a big story. We're warriors, you know. We've been in this industry for a long time. We love what we do. We were two friends in a very organic way, writing a song from our hearts. That was it. And and people start, you know, if humans start to complicate things like, let's study the song. What happened? And they did this and that. It was so organic. It came out so easily. We started writing it like around 3 p.m. and we ended, I, I left his house around 6. We even did a Facebook Live while writing the song. Oh, you're kidding. I haven't seen no, that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't show the song at, the, at that point, but I was just saying, you know, we have a palo here, like we got a hit. And that's how we say it. And How uh, could you tell? How did you know that it was going to be a you hit? You feel it. You feel it when you've been for so long in this industry and you know the technique and you know um, to you know how to write a contagious uh, melody and you take care of the lyrics and everything. We did it with responsibility, with professionalism. But at the same time, we did it with our hearts and trying to get out of his comfort zone because he was a balladist, as I was telling you. So this was a risk for him. This well, was such what was, a challenge. What part, what part was out of his comfort zone? I mean, yes, maybe the rap I mean, no, part. Th this is part of his comfort zone because he's, he's from Puerto Rico. Mm. I mean, it's natural to him. The thing is what uh, is how the audience had the perception of him. You get me? Mm -hmm. So it was taking him out of the comfort zone of the audience. And it's, it's kind of risky when you see, um, a, I don't know, a performer that you used to see in, in a certain genre and then he changes radically, and that's what happened. So it was kind of a risk, but it, I think that since it's so natural and so authentic and, uh, for him, it was it was easy to, I, I mean, it connected with everyone as so, fast as it could. So once, well, and I, and I want to get to many of the things you just said, but once it connected and once you realize, oh my gosh, this is like, the biggest sensation on YouTube ever. Not just a sensation on YouTube. It's the biggest ever. Mm -hmm. What personally did what, did something change for you, or what? How did that feel? I just want to know, just for my own curiosity. You know what? Um, I think that I have to give a lot of credit to my mom and my dad. They always told me you have a talent, and you have to be uh, as humble as you can. You have to use your talent to do good. You have to be responsible. And every time I sit down to write a song, I feel like I'm writing someone else's soundtrack. I mean, the, the soundtrack of someone else's life because you know that music marks moments of our lives. So I've taken this very natural. I'm in such a grateful mode. Uh, but at the same time, I'm so... I, I mean, I'm embracing my roots. And I always say in Spanish, there's a saying that I invented, that the tallest your branches are, the more profound you have to have your roots. And that's how I'm seeing this. I'm taking this from gratefulness, not from ego. I have a foundation in Panama where I have all my energy right now. Like, like I'm using this spot to, to grow as a professional because I'm working, as I told you, three different markets at the same time and I'm riding the wave. But at the same time, I'm taking this spotlight in order to empower others, in order to uh, try to make them conscious of having a talent and Doing uh, using it as a vehicle to do good, and I use music as a vehicle to do good. So, so let's explore that. So, you you, you have at an early age, you realize you had this talent for for music and for mm -hmm. songwriting. 
But you've also said in the past that a lot of your a lot of songwriting is a way to translate, let's say, pain into song into art. People's feelings. But what what pain from yourself, from your mm-hmm. own, mm-hmm. and and like you said, you you're now you set up in two thousand nine a charity to help uh, children who had been in forced child labor and 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 give them the arts and bring them bring them up. But what was your pain in the beginning in your childhood that then got translated into song? No, no, no. I didn't have pain in my childhood. I had a lot of values. I had that seed because of my parents. There is such a we're such a united family. Uh, my mom is such a spiritual person. My dad is the kindest person I've ever known. I, I got lucky. I got really lucky. And when I was do, little, do, do you think a lot of artists? Um, I think that's rare for artists because I feel like a lot of artists do have something they've kind of been, you know, Painful? almost rebelling from and, no, and to create their not art. Not in my case. Really? I was so conscious about my, uh, well, the normal things you got like bullying and uh, at the school because people would. Uh, would call me uh, microphone or mop because of my curly hair and things like that, but nothing, nothing bad at all. That that was nothing. Um, I I grew up with a responsibility. My mom always told me since she knew that she wouldn't control me when I grew up because I was since I was little. I remember watching TV with her and seeing how Gloria Estefan and Emilio Estefan was taking out the whole world with conga, and I would say to her, you know what? Whenever I grew. Grow up, grow up. When I, whenever I grow up, I want to be like uh, like her. I mean, I want to be myself. But uh, if she could do it, I can do it. So she was a motivation for me. She, it, it was so inspirational. In in in, in what way? Like in because she's been a singer like, performer. No, like writer. I, I want to do that. Like I can do that. I I think I have the talent to do that, and I can evolve until I do that. I saw them doing the crossover. It it was a dream for me. But it's not the dream of being famous or being a millionaire. It's the dream of connecting with the world. Sure, and I think probably a greater pleasure than, of course, everybody needs to make money to pay the bills, but probably a greater pleasure out of this seeing your song hit 4 billion views and even earlier than that, all your successes must be the way you see how your art connects to people. But Mm -hmm. how did you, given that you had talent at the beginning and you recognize that, how did you then proceed to develop the skills? Mm -hmm. Because then it's hard work after you've recognized the talent. Of course, a lot of hard work, being a woman even worse, being a young woman even worse. Well, and I remember one story you've said where you had to change your name to E Ender. A couple of times so, I did. So people yes. wouldn't know that it yes. was a woman writing the song. When I didn't I got know it was here, so. Yeah, when I got here, I used to send the songs sung by me, even if it, there were male songs. And I would send them out, and then they would tell me, you know what? It's a beautiful song, but it's too feminine. I was like, are you kidding me? And then I tried all the paths I could. You know, then I said, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to put Erica Ender, I mean, E Ender. I'm going to ask for a male singer to sing it and I'm going to send it to someone else. Mm. And I did that and the song went through. So it wasn't a thing of writing a song for a male. It was the vision, the lack of vision of the person who was receiving the material in order to think that a woman couldn't write for a man, you know? So, so, so I know this is only a, a few minutes, but how do you think about? If someone's just beginning songwriting, what should they think about? Like, what's what is a song? And I know this is like a naive question. Uh-huh. I kind of want to know. You know what? There are two ways of well, in my case, that's how I see it. There are two ways of writing a song. The inspirational one. I mean, the one that comes out from the muse, from the inspiration. Like you're going through something and you t- you need to express yourself, or just an idea that comes out of nowhere. You know. But I feel and like if I was expressing down. myself, I would just cry. I wouldn't yeah. necessarily write a song. 
Well, how maybe, do you do it? So maybe you, write you would a do a podcast and maybe. you would express yourself. Each one, I mean, everyone has their own talent, and my talent is writing song. I mean, expressing it through uh, writing songs and from singing them. You know, you come up with a premise, then like something you want to express, something that's inspirational to you, or something that's happened, or something that you see that affects you. So there's some premise, and then what do you do? Well, I was telling you, I have two ways of saying it. When when the muse comes, I can I can be like washing my teeth and then an idea comes to my mind. I can be driving my car, an idea comes to my mind because I saw something, for example. But then when I sit down in the studio and I look for that inspiration, that's the second way of writing a song. So I go back to whatever happened to me or, or I go to a title or an idea that I want to develop. You know, it depends. For example, if you tell me, Erica, I need a song for Ricky Martin right now. I would like to know me as an as an uh, as a as a songwriter. I would like to know what's going on in his life right now. That's me. Not everyone does it that way. I know the way he sings, the range of his voice, the way that he expresses himself. Because my duty is to write exactly what would make him feel comfortable. Mm. Right. That's my duty as a songwriter. My duty as a singer-songwriter is to express whatever I'm feeling, you know? So I never had a conflict writing for others and writing for myself. So that's what I'm telling you. You either have whatever comes out of nowhere and whatever you look for. Let's stop to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I just want to say thank you to everyone listening to this. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It will only take you a second, but it will help other people discover the podcast. And my goal is to share this great content with as many people as possible. To see the show notes, just head on over to jamesaltucher.com slash podcast. While you are there, you can join my free insiders list to get notified when I post a new podcast. Once again, thanks so much for joining me on the journey of this podcast. But I feel like that comes out of nowhere. Like that's something you have to tease a little bit. Like you have to. Dip, that's an ability. No. 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 To me, it was completely natural since I was, since I was a little girl. I was completely. I don't know if you can say that word in uh, that word in English, but empiric. Can you say that in uh, Spanish? You say empirico. Like it's it's natural, mm. completely natural. I mean, to me, I never had to look for an instrument to start writing songs. I went to the instrument whenever I needed to grow. You know, but I, I, the songs just started in my mind. I just started putting melodies and and uh, lyrics together, and I think that was a, a gift. And so when Luis came to you, and he's known for going to female songwriters, yeah. he's, he has said in interviews he likes to find that balance. He's a gentleman, and he likes to you know find that balance and 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 be good to women. Yeah. And and, and for you, despacito obviously it means slowly, and so you kind of wanted to say, okay, let's. Take it slow. Yeah, take it slow. <laughs> and, uh, and and the whole song's a dance, basically, of a guy taking trying it to slow. Seduce, or, uh, trying so, to seduce a woman slowly. Yes. And that's how we like to be seduced. I mean, I, I, I'm talking about myself and I think the majority of women. And we like to be treated with, uh, I mean, in a delicate way, you know? I mean, we have our wild side as well, but um, we don't like to be treated as... I shouldn't say that word, <laughs> but um, reggaeton always or, or the majority of the time is very aggressive. It, it puts a woman 
as an object. And I think a woman is a work of art as well as a man. So I was, we were taking care of that, you know, in order to have um, a beat of what was, what's going on right now, but not falling into that same routine of uh, attacking women or putting them in sort of a, a, a um, how would you say that, a dirty place and um, trying to be classy, talking about sex because we're, we're all here because our, our dad and our mom had sex. But it's the way you say the message what makes a difference. And so how involved, in terms of the songwriting, are you planning also in your mind that the production, how it's going to be produced, how every, well, all the pieces are going to fit together? We had the idea of what we wanted. We knew we wanted a, fusion, a, a, a reggaeton kind of in a fusion between uh, urban and pop. But at the same time, he had the clear idea on his mind of what he wanted. He looked for the producers. That's his credit. He was the one who called Daddy Yankee in order to do a collaboration. And we went through like five different arrangements until we got the right one. But it was Fonsi in the studio producing with the two producers, Andres and Mauricio. And then, um, again, as it gets bigger, do you ever, and again, if you had... 20 years of enormous successes. But uh, now do you ever feel like, okay, how am I going to top this? Like half half the planet listened to it. Everyone asks me that. And oh, I, I have, tried to I ask have, no, 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 no. You are original. Yeah. Just, just look at yourself. <laughs> we're, Thank you. we're hair cousins right, to the ones right. that can't see us. <laughs> But this is such a good conversation. I feel like it's. I know, definitely, we can, we can keep going. <laughs> but the thing is that um, people are always asking me, not the same way you did, but kind of like, do you feel pressure? What are you going to do next? And I'm like, you know what? Planets just aligned, everything is flowing. This is such a gift. Um, among everything that is happening to me right now with the uh, being the youngest uh, uh, inductee in, uh, to the uh, Latin Songwriters Hall of Fame, uh, which I happened before, before Despacito, yeah. the Latin Grammy, my 25th anniversary, the 25th anniversary of my career. So everything is such in a beautiful moment that I'm just focusing in whatever is good and in being um, grateful and, and doing the best that I can in everything that I do, which is what I've done in, during this 25 years. So I'm not putting any pressure because I think doing that is seeing life from the ego eyes. Uh, also, maybe it's a way of viewing life with scarcity instead of abundance. Exactly. Like, oh, I hope I'm only going to have that one You know thing. what I'm seeing? I'm seeing that Erica is starting a new era. Like right now, it, but it does, this, so it does feel like opened, a change. It does feel like a change because I'm 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 having the opportunity to get to the Anglo side and to the Brazilian side, which is amazing for me because I'm half Brazilian and I couldn't get into those markets as big as I'm getting right now, because I was I mean I, my my strongest part was in the Latin market. So I guess that this is a new era. I'm taking it like that. I'm not under pressure at all. I'm just trying to evolve and develop myself the best that I can and be the best person I can and the best professional I can. And whatever comes is amazing. And this kind of things doesn't happen often. So I'm not thinking I'm going to top this. I think I'm thinking I'm going to do quality work and I'm just going to let it flow. Well, okay. So let's say I want to write a song that gets 4 billion views. Mm -hmm. What what should my first few steps be? 
Obviously, I'm going to listen to all you know your songs what? as an inspiration. <laughs> you know what? Uh, I don't think about the numbers as I was telling you. I think that the, That's fair. the main thing is for you to connect with the world. The more I travel, the more I understand the human being. Mm. And it's amazing how to see that we have the same body, the same heart, the same two eyes, the same nose, the same mouth, but you use that body to, to dance in different rhythms and that same tongue to, to talk in different languages. You know, and at the end, when you understand that and you understand we're part of one whole thing, it's easier to connect. And it's amazing how the world is singing in Spanish. I never thought we were going to do the crossover in Spanish. It never crossed my mind. So it's, it's what I'm telling you. The, the, the world is full of energy and I just let the energy flow. Right, who would have thought that the number one song ever on YouTube is essentially a Spanish song? Yeah, so it's amazing. So, so, so uh, you know, we, we started late, so it's, this is a fast... Faster podcast than I usually do, unfortunately, because there's so much to say. But uh, <laughs> you, I think you hit something with just the title "Despacito," like the slowly and and the way you, you it's so poetic. The 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 lyrics and you know I read the translated version. But uh, how does one take it slowly? Like I'm the type to just go right in for romance. I fall in love at first sight and then get divorced right afterwards. You see, <laughs> so that's the problem. You gotta with take it. your time. You gotta you gotta know who you're who you want to be with. You gotta. I mean, how do you have the confidence in yourself to do that? Loving yourself first, mm -hmm. being happy with yourself. I mean, self esteem is the key. Whenever you're happy with yourself and you communicate the best you can with your inner self, then you can can communicate with others. I think all of this is way. related to having this abundance mentality, not thinking oh, this was my last, or oh no, what am I going to do next? Or, you know, oh, they got inducted and I didn't yet. And I think having an abundance mentality about any, everything. You keep doing the right thing and your time will come. That's everything I have to say. And, and a lot of people say, okay, well, she found her talent at a young age. I've been paying the bills and now I'm working in a cubicle. How do I find my talent? I'm in my 40s. How do I find my talent? You know what? There's a, an amazing book that it's... It's so important to me. I've written, I've read, uh, I've read it like, I don't know, four or five times. The Alchemist of love Paolo Coelho. Yeah, love all his books. And it tells you in a certain way that every little child knows what they want to do. Like they have that intuition, you know, and then society starts to change you. Every child comes to this earth without discrimination, sexism, you know, loving everyone, being kind. And society starts changing you and contaminating your heart and your spirit. If you see that, so how do you so how do you free yourself? The, the, you have to connect with your inner child. What's your passion? What is it that you want that you really wanted to do? And why life forced you to do something else? It's never late. Whenever you do find your talent and you understand it that your talent has to have a purpose, and you do it with a mission, not in a selfish way, like I want to be a millionaire, I want to be famous. You can reach success but it would be something that would leave no no um footprint behind to say right. in, a, in a way no mark you so, know? so it goes from ta the talent basically has to get rid of these lower ambitions like you know oh i need to be that's how a, i see it a million views on way. youtube or whatever mm -hmm. and kind of reach something that you feel be sincere about helping people have it action has to follow intention so you have to have the intention of that's how I see it. And I'm telling you this, I'm sharing this because it worked for me. It still works for me. You know? So I think that whenever you put your heart there and whenever you do what you love to do, money will come. As, I, as long as you I do it the right that. way, 
you're going to enjoy your work. It's, it's not going to feel like you're working. And at the same time, you're going you're gonna to be using the talent that God's given you and in order to do good. People are afraid to take that leap. Because the very first time... It is it is hard. Yes. I'm not going to tell you I haven't suffered a lot. So, the so, beginning of my career was tough. I mean, and, and several times during this path have been very tough. And I've gone through a lot of pain and a lot of doors closed. Oh, now you tell me. I wanted to ask you all about yeah. your pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but you were telling me if I had pain when I was little and I didn't. And I, as, as I told you, I got lucky because... I, I had such a solid foundation that helped me go through all of these doors that they closed on my face. So persistence is having faith in you that talent to be and that love. Talent, love. You have to persevere as much as you can in what you want. You have to evolve. You have to be open to the world. Understand that the world uh, keeps evolving and, and to decodify all of the languages that you want to go through. You know? So 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 before we end, I just also want to shout out the the charity that you're doing. We mentioned it before. It's uh, I don't know how to say it. Puertos, Puertas abiertas, abiertas, open doors, open doors for children mm-hmm. who have been going through who who were escaped from child labor. And so, besides that, we all we also did this big uh, festival that is uh, the finale is going to take place. Uh, the finale of this year is going to take place in, in October 29. Uh, and it's um, kind of a, it is a competition with different categories where kids, or not kids, um, they're high school, young people, right? Right before they get, graduate. They're um, competing using their talent and shining on their own talents, but understanding that they have to use that talent with a purpose. That's why it's called talento, which means talent with a purpose, talento con propósito. So they're... Um, activating their their whole school in order to do social labor for a school that is in vulnerable conditions. Mm. And then they get extra points for doing good with their talent. And then at the end, whomever wins the competition, each each of the categories, get a scholarship in order to have their whole college covered within Panama or abroad. So it's kind of a transforming experience. And that's what I that's what I want to do. That's my real mission. Like using music as the the catch in order to do all of that. Well, congratulations on all this success. Thank you. Next time in your New York, in, you're in New York when you've had six billion views on YouTube, <laughs> you'll come on again and we'll we'll I want to hear all about pain and suffering. <laughs> and but in the meantime, keep enjoying. Thank Don't experience you. any more pain and suffering, and but keep. Well, if you want to listen to some pain, you can listen to my last CD. I, I've, been, right. I've been through diff, difficult things. I lost my uterus when I was thirty-five. I haven't been able to be a mom, and all of that has shaped me, shaped me into the woman I am. And you process that into. I process into the that art. into music. I, I took pain and and made it. I transformed it into art. And and I think that's the best psychologist, the best therapist. Mm. And at the end, it gives you royalty. So <laughs> I'm key. grateful of any way you see it. Well, thanks so much, Erica. Thank you. Next time on the James Altucher Show. Cortisol feels really bad. Like it feels worse than negative thinking. It feels just as bad as if you're like hit in the face. So when the boss yells at me, I feel like crying or running out of the building. So what do I do at this point to get my dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin back up to par or even better? I'll tell you what I do. You know what? I actually had a job at a Wall Street bank when I was, you know, in my 20s. And I literally started crying when a boss yelled at me once. We've all been there. We've all been there. We've all cried in, the, uh, yeah. in, in our cubicles. So, yeah, yeah. 
And but what what stunned me was that what the boss was on me for was minuscule. It was the tiniest thing. It was not a huge career threatening, but it was small. But these small things happen a lot. So you have to make a decision like, am I going to try to rewire myself or am I going to accept the shit or try to create some alternative path? What can I do on my own internally to reduce cortisol, not think negative, and start having these happy chemicals spike through me? I want help. You know, I just want to say thank you to everyone listening to this. I would say doing a podcast is the activity that I've enjoyed most in these past few years. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever it is you get your podcasts. It will only take a second, but it will help other people discover the podcast and it will really show people in general that this is a quality show and that it's worth listening to. You can also check out the show notes at jamesaltitude.com slash podcast. And also, if you want to get my blog updates and other updates that I do, sign up for the newsletter at jamesaltitude.com. Thanks again. I really appreciate you guys. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.